July 20th. As we focus our attention now on the New Testament, our reading today will be from the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 through 23. You know, being a Christian is a matter of life or death. Persons who do not understand the grace of God argue, if God is so gracious, then we should sin more so we receive more grace. Well, those who trust Christ are identified with Him by the Spirit in His death, burial, and resurrection. As pictured in baptism, the old life is buried. We can reckon it dead and walk in newness of resurrection life. Now, being a Christian, we'll learn here as we read, is a matter of bondage or freedom. Which would you prefer? Who is your master, Jesus Christ or the old life? Listen, you are not under the authority of Moses, but that does not mean you have freedom to break God's moral law. Yield yourself to the Lord. He is the most wonderful master, and the salary he pays, by the way, lasts forever. Being a Christian is a matter of rewards or wages. We quote this verse as we witness to the lost, and rightly so. But Paul, remember, wrote it originally to believers. Although God forgives the sins of his children, he may not stop the painful consequences of sin. The pleasures of sin are never compensated for the wages of sin. Sinning is not worth it. And now, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. July 20th, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 23. Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more kindness and forgiveness? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we became Christians and were baptized to become one with Christ Jesus, we died with Him? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with Him in His death, we will also be raised as He was. Our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will all share His new life. We are sure of this because Christ rose from the dead, and He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over Him. He died once to defeat sin, and now He lives for the glory of God. So you should consider yourselves dead to sin and able to live for the glory of God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its lustful desires. Do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, since you have been given new life, and use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you are no longer subject to the law, which enslaves you to sin. Instead, you are free by God's grace. 
So, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does this mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that whatever you choose to obey becomes your master? You can choose sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God and receive His approval. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you have obeyed with all your heart the new teaching God has given you. Now you are free from sin, your old master, and you have become slaves to your new master, righteousness. I speak this way, using the illustration of slaves and masters, because it is easy to understand. Before, you let yourselves be slaves of impurity and lawlessness. Now you must choose to be slaves of righteousness, so that you will become holy. In those days, when you were slaves of sin, you weren't concerned with doing what was right. And what was the result? It was not good, since now you are ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus said to his disciples when he left the earth, before he left the earth, he pulls his disciples aside and he says, listen, it is to your advantage that I go away. He says that in John 16. It's to your advantage that I go away. I mean, think about that for a second. How in the world could it be to their advantage that Jesus leave the earth? These are the people that have been walking side by side with Jesus for about three years at this point. And Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I go away. I mean, can you imagine if you, you actually literally walked with Jesus in the flesh? You had Jesus walking around with you every day. Can you imagine what an advantage that would be? To have the Son of God walking next to you going, I know what you're thinking. Oh, okay, all right. You know, I mean, just constantly, just right there, teaching you, discipling you. So after all that experience the disciples had, then Jesus says, hey, it's to your advantage that I go away. That must have been so confusing. But then he says in the next breath, because unless I go, the helper cannot come. And explains that when he goes back to heaven, he's going to send the Holy Spirit and that they're going to be better off with the Holy Spirit than having Jesus right there by their side. See, when you look at it in those terms and you think about how helpful it would be to have Jesus walking next to you and for him to say it's to your advantage is even better, better than having me next to you is the Holy Spirit living in you. You guys, I, I've always known this next verse but I just wonder if I really believed it. Um, because if I did, gosh, this would bring so much comfort to me. Verse 11. He says, When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Do you believe that? about yourself. See, Jesus tells the disciples, look, you're going to go up against, you know, the synagogue leaders, 
you know, people of a different faith. You're going to go up against people that are rulers, governors, authorities. And he says, don't worry. Don't worry when you come up to those people about how you're going to defend your faith. You ever worried about how you're going to share your faith with someone? You ever got intimidated by someone like, oh, they know too much? I don't know enough to talk to them? See, this passage says, don't you worry when you go up in front of them because the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Doesn't say he's going to tell you ahead of time what to say. And that's the annoying part. You know, we want to know ahead of time. We don't like this faith thing. We don't like this, okay, God's going to just have to have the words come out of my mouth. We don't like that. But God promises that. He uses that to comfort them. Look, the Spirit of God lives in you. That means anytime you are called to defend your faith or say something or speak up about God, you'll be able to say what needs to be said. Now, the promise there doesn't promise that you're going to win the argument, does it? A lot of times that's our, you know, that's our pride. This is, I got to win, I got to do this or that, or I got to lead in the Lord. No, it just says that you'll be able to say what needs to be said, that the Holy Spirit will give you at that time what you need to say. That somehow your words will impact that person you're speaking to. This is so important because many of us don't speak up because of, because of fear. I don't know enough. I hear that all the time. I don't know enough. And yet, what does that say? He's going to teach you what to say. It may not be enough to win an argument, but you'll say what God once said. Do you believe that? I mean, really? Because a lot of us, we will only talk to people that we know we're uh, intellectually superior to. You know, and we'll get intimidated by certain people. Like, I don't know enough to talk to him, and so we end up talking to all these kindergartners. And, uh, you know, because why? We're relying on ourselves, and we don't really believe that God's going to give me the right words to say. And the simplicity of a new believer saying something, it's about a spiritual warfare. It's not about us and our intellect and us always knowing more, but there's something spiritual that takes place and that God through His Spirit can cause you to say something that that person needs to hear at that moment. But do you believe that something supernatural will happen in your life when you just speak up and start talking about God? Because God promises that. See, that's where I say, you know what, do we really believe in the Holy Spirit to where we have that type of confidence? doesn't mean you, you, you know every answer. doesn't mean that you won. doesn't mean you even necessarily led this person to the Lord. It just means you took the initiative. You just started speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit, and God will give you words to say, and then you're done. That's successful in God's eyes. In the end, what's going to matter is, who did I impact? When did I just speak up for Jesus? So I can think of times when I got scared, I got intimidated, and I just kept my mouth shut. And a lot of people do that. It's, it's, it's an easy thing to do. Even the great prophets, you know, when God called Moses, what did Moses say? I can't talk. And God says, who made your mouth? What do you mean you can't talk? You know, when he called Jeremiah in chapter one, he says, hey, go say this. Says, I can't talk, I'm just a child. And he says, don't say you're just a child. I'm gonna speak through you. Let me speak through you. Say what I tell you to say. This week, there'll be opportunities for you to do the same thing and just start talking. 
And what if we all took that seriously and really believed that we were God's instrument and that His Spirit really dwelt through us and we were His mouth? Man, what an incredible impact we would have on this world. See, stop saying you don't know enough. Okay? Keep studying and everything else, but stop saying you don't know enough. You know what you need to know. Stop saying you don't have the words because God will give you the words. You don't have them right now, but you will. That's what faith is all about. And if we could just keep that in mind this week, one impact we could have this very week. Don't waste another week in life. Psalm 16, verses 1 through 11, a psalm of David. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, You are my master. All the good things I have are from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Those who chase after other gods will be filled with sorrow. I will not take part in their sacrifices or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance! I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is filled with joy, and my mouth shouts his praises. My body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your godly one to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence, and the pleasures of living with you forever. Proverbs 19 Verses 20 and 21. Get all the advice and instruction you can, and be wise the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. <laughs>